G'day friends, welcome back. Well, season's over, first of all. I'll be doing my review of round 23 tomorrow night, um, as I normally do, Wednesdays. Um, tonight, I'm doing my prediction for the All-Australian side. So the squad got released yesterday, the squad of 44 was released yesterday, and from that, I have selected my predicted final team. Um, my plan is that I will be, I'll do the podcast tomorrow night of the round review while um, the team is being announced, so I can sort of live react. I think that'd be fun if I can line that up. Um, but yes, um, this is this is both. I tell you what, it's kind of both. It's it. This is both my predicted team. Like this is what I think they're going to choose. This is what I think we're going to hear tomorrow night. But this is also the team I would select, honestly. Um, or it's very very close to it. Like if it's a mix of both of those things, both what I would pick and both what I think is going to be picked, it probably leans slightly more towards what I think is going to be picked. Um. But, but like, i got to say, I was wrapped with the squad. I think the squad is pretty fucking bang on. Minus um, the the missing Sam Doherty, I was shocked to see that he wasn't there. He's the only one that I was really like, holy shit, how have they not included him? Um, if I was going to take someone out of the squad and include him, it'd be Bailey Fritch. Um, but apart from that, I think it's excellent. I think it's a really, really excellent squad. Um, yeah, I'll sort of, I'll, I'll go through each line. I'll start at full forward. I'll go all the way through to the back line, do the bench. And then I will, um, after I've done that, I think I will go through um, sort of the key players that I missed in each area and give my reasons for why they were excluded. So let's get into it. Forward line, forward pockets. Now, the, the, the small forward uh, selection in the squad was pretty bloody solid. Um, but in the forward pockets, I've gone with Charlie Cameron and I've gone with Tyson Stengel. Now, Cameron, 47 goals for the year. Um, he is one of the most accurate kicks at goal out of, you know, the sort of the I looked at the top 20 in the Coleman, and he is one of the most accurate. Um, when when I'm putting this team together, I'm actually... I'm doing what Kane Corns wants to do. I'm putting together a team that you could actually field and would be competitive. We're not talking, you know, 16 midfielders. We're talking players, 
playing in their positions. We're talking different types of players. Charlie Cameron is one of the most exciting players to watch in the comp. He can take a mark. He can kick set shots as well as, you know, snaps. Um, he is extremely chaotic when the ball is in, oh, excuse me, when the ball is inside Brisbane's forward 50. Um, so yeah, I've got him in the forward pocket. Tyson Stengel in the other. First of all, what a, what a story. What an amazing year he's had coming over to Geelong, turning his life around, basically. Um, 46 goals for him, 153 score involvements, one of the best score involvement players in the comp. Um, you know, to, for him to be able to kick 46 goals in a forward line that's got Hawkins and Cameron, who have both kicked a bunch of goals themselves, is absolutely remarkable. And I think... I'll talk more about this later, but I, you know, I toyed with Haney, I toyed with Papley, but you look at Stengel's impact on games throughout the entire year. Like that score involvement stat is big. That's big to me, at least. That's that's why I've got him in there. Um, full forward, Tom Morgans. It has to be Tom Morgans. Fifty-nine goals for the year. Um, 191 score involvements. That's number one. Number one in the competition for score involvements. Um, and like I said, Stengel was good with 153. Hawkins has got another 40 on top of that. So that is a remarkable stat. Um, you know, for him to have kicked that many goals and given away that many is very impressive. Um, to kick that many goals with Cameron and Stengel in that same forward line, same discussion. Um, he, he's, he's, he's obviously also got that super dangerous aspect of being a forward 50 ruck. So, yeah, I've, I've got him in there at full forward. Half forward line. Half forward line. Shy Bolton is on one of the half forward flanks. Again, excitement factor. He gets people to the football, right? Um, he... Being a half forward allows him to get up into the midfield, which you know he does a lot, starting in that centre bounce and then moving forward, the new dusty um, sort of type player. 41 goals for the year for him, 169 score involvement, uh, score involvements. Why am I fucking struggling to say that so much? Score involvements uh, for him, which is a bloody great return. Um, again, can take a big mark, you know, can... He's really, really hard matchup because he sort of he plays like a small forward but he isn't that small incredibly fast incredibly agile he's still got a lot of power um yeah he, he is to, like probably the most exciting player in the comp to watch at the moment and it, he isn't just all show he has got some serious substance in there as a footballer so he is on one of the half forward flanks on the other I have Jeremy Cameron, again, 59 goals, same as his counterpart, Tomahawk, um, 166 score involvements. This is a stat that I really think is important if you're going to be in a all-Australian forward line. Um, sort of a different opinion to what I've had in the past. Um, I've, I've sort of looked previously at who's kicked like a shitload of goals, and like these guys have kicked a shitload of goals. Um, but for example, and I'll talk more about this later, I've excluded Tom Lynch, as you will soon notice. 
um, who's kicked one more goal than either of them. But, you know, what he has done is very, very... Like, the way he plays is totally different to these other two, right? Um, and he does also do it largely by himself. Like, he's kicked bags of seven, eight, five. These guys have kicked bags a couple of times as well. But to kick 120 goals, basically, between the two of them, like, it's amazing that they've been able to do that. So, yes, Cameron is on the other forward flank. And then at centre-half forward, the person who is always first selected in the All-Australian side is the Coleman medalist, Charlie Kerno. So he'll be there at centre-half forward. He'll either be at full forward or centre-half forward. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, yeah, he'll be in one of those spots. I've got him at centre-half forward at 64 goals for the year. Very, very good. Um, he's also taken 42 contested marks for the year, which is the most of the key forwards that I have in the team. And, yeah, he, he's the Coleman medalist. He, he is in the team. <laughs> he just is. Now, this is the midfield is where I had a bit of trouble. Midfield, obviously, it's 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 impossible to pick a midfield that everyone's happy with. Um, I'm just going to go for it. So, on the wings, hear me out. On the wings, I have got a wingman. I have Josh Dacos on one wing and Chad Warner on another. Now, Dacos... 17 goals for the year, first of all. Pretty good for, for a wing. Um, getting, you know, just under a goal a game, basically. Um, but one thing about him that I think is going to get him selected is he's the only pure wingman in the squad. And Kane Corns, I know he's one of like a dozen guys on the panel. So the panel is like Gillan McLaughlin, Brad Scott, and then a shitload of other people. Right, Kevin Bartlett's been on it forever. Um, Rewalt's been on there for a little while. Buckley's been added. Corns has been added. Um, and there's a, there's a bunch of others. Um, Kane Corns, when he was added at the start of the year, he's like, we're going to put players in the positions where they play. And I'm so happy that he's said that publicly because now it puts pressure on the whole selection panel. Um, for years, it's been... Martin in a forward pocket. Bontempelli on a half forward flank. Bontempelli, in the four years he's been selected as an All-Australian, he has been selected on the half forward flank every single fucking time. He is a midfielder, right? This might be the best team ever assembled as an All-Australian team that we've seen, at least in a fucking long time. Because players, I'm, I'm confident players are going to be put in the position they play in and Josh Dacos is a wingman, right? He is not ranked elite in hardly any statistic, but he's had a fucking great year. He has been huge, right? While his brother has done amazing things off halfback as a first-year player, he has gone a little bit unnoticed, but he has gone to another level. He's gone from being like this sort of half-forward like, you know, what is he? He does these, like, you know, goal of the year here, you know. You know, just sort of being a very good player, but not, you know, not being... If you're going to be great in that sort of half-forward position, you've got to be like a shy Bolton, that sort of thing. Shea Bolton, I should say. Um, but he's gone out to the wing now, and he's, he's just such a great two-way runner, pure wingman, and I love it, and I think that's going to get him selected in the team. On the other wing... Hey, Chad Warner is not a pure wingman, but he's got the run 
that sort of is conducive to being a wingman. Now, there's there's a couple others you could have in this position, but it's the same sort of conversation. They're not really wingmen. I think of of the rest of the midfield group in the squad, Warner is the next most wingman-like, I think. <laughs> like, you've got Walsh in there, but he hasn't been a wingman for a few years now. And, like, Rory Laird, eh, no, not really. Um, I don't know... If, who else have I, yeah, that, that's really it. That, uh, and again, McRae hasn't been a wingman for a few years now. So I've got Warner on the other wing. Also has kicked six, 17 goals for the year, which I think is interesting. Um, he's big in score involvements, which again, like not, it, it gets less important as a stat further you are from goal as a player. But midfielders, if they are getting involved in scoring chains, they are a good midfielder. So 151 score involvements for Warner, not as high as some of the others that I've mentioned. But he, again, is such a young player. He's only 21. He might finish top five in the Brownlow. Like, he's had an unbelievable year, kicking a lot of goals, having a lot of disposals, having enormous impacts on game. His explosive run out of stoppage, Saw it firsthand at the football on Sunday against St Kilda. He was amazing. Um, he has emerged as the best selection from this recent Sydney draft hall, like Goulden and Wicks and McInerney. Warner is the one who's going to be a superstar. Others might be superstars, but he's going to be a fucking champion. You can tell already. And I just have a feeling... They're going to go with him over Walsh or any of the others that I mentioned on that other wing. I just have a feeling. Um, and then in the, in the center, the centerman, if you will, you can pick any of them. Like centerman, rover, ruck rover. None of these are real positions anymore. Um, but it's Andrew Brayshaw. Um, he's, he's going to be top three in the Brownlow, you'd think. Um, I, I don't, I'm not convinced anymore that he's going to win it. He might. I think it's probably going to be Oliver, um, but he might. Um, he's averaged 29.1 disposals across the year, which is very, very good. Um, and another stat that I saw that I really liked of his was that he averages 25 pressure acts a game, which is ranked elite. It's a lot of pressure um, applied onto the opposition. He, he's gone to another level this year, big time. Fife hasn't played a lot of football this year. Mundy's getting older. It's become the Andrew Brayshaw show. Andrew Brayshaw show. Andrew Brayshaw show. The Andrew Brayshaw show. Chair is gone. Um, he's really stepped up, and he's he's going to pull high in the Brownlow. He's he's you know you can have him, you can have him somewhere in the middle. You can have him on the bench wherever he's in your team. He's going to be in all Australian this year. Some of these guys like him, Oliver, they really sort of select themselves. Okay, the Ruckman. The Ruckman. Um, I've gone with Gorn. Max Gorn. He'll he'll be he'll be the ruck. I've also got him as my captain. Um, that they might go with like they did with like Buddy Franklin a few years ago. They might select a captain. What the fuck is going on with me tonight? They might select a captain who isn't actually a captain. Um, but I think they will go with Gorn as the captain. He's the most obvious choice. Um, now he's only he's sixth. In the competition for hitouts, 
Jared Witz is the other ruckman in the squad. Um, and I and I wanted to go with him because he's had like 200 more hitouts <laughs> this year than Gorn has. He, he's had an unbelievable year in terms of hitouts, Witz. But where he lets himself down is around is is literally everything else. <laughs> he's he's perfectly serviceable in other areas, but Gorn, the the way that Gorn has become the best ruckman in the competition in the last five years or so is the other stuff that he does. Right, he's second in the competition for contested marks. Um, he, he he kicks goals. He gets a lot of disposals for a ruckman. He is ranked elite in his in the percentage of hitouts one. So, you know, he he's only ranked sixth in terms of total hitouts. But in the when he goes into the like because it's partly because he's sharing the ruck load with Luke Jackson as well. When Gorn goes into the middle, he wins the head out a lot of the fucking time. And, you know, when he's not in there, he's roaming around the ground. He's getting back. He's getting forward. He's he's getting... He's, he's totally blocking up um, the, the opposition's ball movement by getting up onto the wings. We've all seen how they do it. He's an extremely important structural player for Melbourne, as well as all the other stuff that he brings, um, so yeah, he'll be he'll be getting his what's this? His third or f- no? Must, f- is it his fifth? His fifth All Australian. Um, he will be getting another one for sure. On the ball, well, the other two on balls. I've already said Brayshaw. The other two I've gone with Took Miller and Clayton Oliver, and Took Miller is my vice captain as well. Again, I've gone with a player who's actually a captain of their club. Um, Took Miller is it like is interesting. Today, AFL.com released their um, Brownlow medal predictor tally. He was on top, 30 votes. Only player to, well, obviously he was on top and he had 30. He was the only player to poll beyond 30. Um, he's had an unreal year. Unreal year. And because he plays for the Gold Coast, he doesn't really get talked about. But he is the biggest smoky to win the Brownlow that there has been in recent years. Because he's so he's he's ranked second in the comp for clearances, third for contested possessions, right? So there are others that are that are ahead of him. But he's he's doing it in a team where he's surrounded by kids. Basically, he's got Raul in there. He's got Anderson. They're still learning. You know, they're still... The number of amazing games that they're having is tiny compared to him. He is brilliant every single week. And another thing, Gold Coast have won more games this year than they have in the past. So he's going to garner more votes. He's right in that sweet spot for the number of games you want to have won, but also not being good enough that you're surrounded by a bunch of good players who are taking votes off you, right? So he's going to finish really high in the brown line. Um, his, uh, his score involvement numbers are very good. His meters gain numbers are very good. And yeah, he's been, he was on the bench last year in the All-Australian team. I think he gets bumped up to being on the ground this year. I think it's time. And the other on-baller, Clayton Oliver, has to be Clayton Oliver. Um, he, he is probably going to win the whole thing, the brown low. First in contested possessions, first in disposals, first in clearances, and need I go on. He's the best, most prolific 
midfielder in the competition. He is the other on baller. Um, back line. Half back, Jack Sinclair. And for once, I don't need to feel like I'm, you know, bringing the St. Kilda bias to the conversation. Everyone's got sinks in their team. He's he's probably the first defender picked, you know. If, if Kerno's the first player picked because he's won the Coleman, probably say Oliver's the next picked because he's like the best midfielder in the comp. Um, Sinclair's, you know, up there as well. You know, he's he averages 28 disposals, which is a lot. Um, he's elite in meters gained. He, th- th- he, it's hard to describe. Like a lot of people, unless you're a St. Kilda fan, you haven't seen as much of him as anyone else, right? The All-Australian selectors will have watched almost every second of football that there's been this year. So they will have seen him. Um, but he, his agility, his decision-making, the way he moves when he's got the ball, his hair, his calves. <laughs> um, no, he 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 had a really, really great year last year. So last year was his first full season at halfback. Um, at the end of 2020, it looked like there was that empty space on the half halfback flank at St Kilda. It wasn't empty, but there wasn't anyone holding down that position. Dylan Robertson had finished up. Geary kept getting hurt. There was a spot, and it looked like it was going to be Ben Long's. Come round one, 2021, Jack Sinclair's playing there. Never played there before. He's been like a half-forward midfielder, you know, that sort of player. He's playing there, right? And it looked like it was just meant to be. He was perfect. He finished, I think he finished third, Second or third in St Kilda's best and fairest last year. He had an enormous year. And he's gone to another level again this year. He has been just unbelievable to watch. He's he's one of those players who, looking at their actual numbers, is impressive, but it doesn't blow you away. Actually watching them go about it is what blows you away. And there's a couple of those players in this team that i got coming up. Um, he's very, very, very deserving. And... I'm super nervous that his name isn't going to get called out because that's just a St. Kilda thing. St. Kilda tends to get overlooked, but I'm trusting that Rui's going to fly the flag. I'm, I'm hoping. Um, my center half back is Sam Taylor. Again, um, he's a very, very easy selection to make. Number one in the comp for intercept possessions. Um, he's taken the most contested marks of any defender in the competition. And he, he is really, he sort of, he really had a breakout year in 2019 when the Giants made the grand final. And he sort of like, he had a couple of injuries and he sort of meandered since then, but he's blown up again this year. He has now become a nightmare for key forwards around the comp because he, like I said, contested marks. You look at the players in the comp who lead the contested marking numbers, they're all forwards. Forwards, 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 forwards. Lynch, King, you know, Kerno, all these guys. Cameron, Hawkins, all these guys, right? To see a key defender, I think he was ninth or 10th in the competition. 
for contested marks. To see him there, that says that he's a fucking good player. He's outmarking his direct opponents. It is not a defender's job, first and foremost, to mark the ball in a contested situation. They should punch it away. That's a high, it's a it's a higher percentage decision, as in it's more likely to pay off than trying to take the mark, right? So for him to be so good at that, he he has to be, he'll either be at centre half back or at full back. He'll be there somewhere. Be amazed if he's not selected. This this so the other half back flank was one of the hardest positions for mine to fill. I've got Angus Brayshaw in there. So I've got both Brayshaws in my team, right? I've got Angus in there. Fourth in the competition for intercept possessions. And you've got to remember, he spent his last month of the year playing in the midfield. So they he got moved into the middle late in the year. But before that happened, he... And he's another one who hasn't really played in this position before. It's a new thing, largely. He's been on the wing and he's sort of, you know... Extra midfielder, filling in gaps here, half forward, half back a little bit, just not really. But he he was a permanent defender for the first three quarters of the year. And he was outstanding. He was amazing. Really flew under the radar. Not a lot of people talking about him. Everyone was talking Sinclair, Doherty, Saad, like, you know, these, these other guys. And he isn't like wicked fast, but God, he makes good decisions. He's very courageous with the ball. He's very tough, contested footballer. Um, yeah, so that's why I have him on my half on my other um, half back flank. I, I, I just I think the the eighteen weeks or so that he spent at half back, purely at half back, was better than, for example, like a lot of people have got Saad in that position. They got Sinclair and Saad on the two halfback flanks, right? And Saad's had an awesome year, but Saad sort of had to build into his year. Like it sort of it took him a little while to really get going. His second half of the year was fantastic, but it, it took him a little while to get going. Brayshaw was red hot from from day dot. And even when he went into the middle, he was also very, very good there. So you combine everything that's happened that he's done this year he deserves to be in the All-Australian side. So I've got him in there. He's probably the selection in the entire 22 that I'm the least confident with, as in, you know, that it's going to be replicate, rep, far out, that it's going to be replicated tomorrow night. Uh, but who knows? Full back line. This is pretty solid. James Sicily, Stephen May at full back, and then Tom Stewart in the other pocket. Um, Sicily, number one for marks in the comp, second for intercept possessions, second for meters gained. He has had an awesome year. His first full season back um, from being injured. Hawthorne have had a very, very rough year, but he has been a standout. Um, he he plays basically as a key defender, but he isn't really that tall. I think he's on the. I don't even know if he's one ninety. He looks a lot taller than he is. Um, because of the guys he usually has to play on. But yeah, he has had a, an outstanding year. And then very, very late in the year, he gets thrown into the middle and he has a great game. Like, um, he's been really, really impressive, Sicily. So he's in my back pocket as that sort of versatile, medium-sized defender. 
I did unfortunately have to choose him over Wilkie. Similar kind of player. I just think he Sicily has had a much, much better year. Um, Stephen May at fullback, again, basically chooses himself. It's funny, like you look at his numbers and he do, nothing jumps off the page. He's not ranked elite in many areas, um, but he is the best lockdown big man in the competition by a long way. If you're a key forward and you got Stephen May for the day, you're not going to be doing much. He reads the play so well. He's directing all of his other defenders whilst also dealing with you. If the ball goes anywhere near you, he's either going to mark it, he's going to punch it 30 metres away. That's another thing. He refined the art of the 20 metres gained by spoil. <laughs> he punches it, it bloody goes flying back in the other direction. Um, it's it's really, really hard to pick anyone over him at fullback. There's Tom Barris, there's Brennan Cox. Um, I don't know if either of them... Like, really? Are either of them a better player than Stephen May? I don't think so. Tom Stewart, when he got suspended for four weeks, I thought, nah, there goes his All-Australian chances. But I thought about it a lot. He's, I think he's the best defender in the competition. I'd be happy to say that, I think. Best defender in the comp. He is elite for disposal efficiency, for meters gained, for intercept possessions, he yes, he missed a month of football, um, which is probably the most I would like. If I'm picking an all Australian side, if you've missed more than four weeks of football, you're probably not getting in. Your body of work is not big enough. He played 18 games. I think that is just enough. And because his 18 games are of such enormously high quality, I think that'll get him in. He he had a couple of games there where he was rocking like 40 disposals and 900 metres gained. He is that is that sort of medium defender. You know, he can he can stay he can play a stay at home role if he needs to do a job on someone, or he can be allowed to go up the ground. And he can just have a monstrous day out of nowhere where he has 40 touches and a kilometre gained. He is very very capable of that. He's very, very damaging because um, he makes such good decisions. Like I said, ranked elite in disposal efficiency. That means he's fucking hitting his targets. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be surprised if he does not end up in the team somewhere tomorrow night. Now, let's talk about the bench. I've been talking about this man being on the All-Australian interchange for months. Mark Blitzarves will be there. He absolutely will be there. And again, you look at his numbers, nothing flies off the page. Nothing impressive when you look at his stats. But he can play in literally, literally every single position. And not just serviceably, better than a lot of people, right? He is, first of all, your second ruckman. He's an extra wingman. He's an extra key defender. He's an extra intercept defender. He can go forward if you need. He can play on ball. He has the benefit of being an enormously talented footballer, as well as having the engine of a middle distance runner. It's like he almost used to be one. He is, in my opinion, the most gifted footballer 
that I've seen play the game in terms of his gifts, in terms of talent and with athletic ability. He somehow has not been selected as an All-Australian in the past. This is his year. This is it. He, he, literally every single coach in the competition, if they really sat down and thought about it, he said to him, right, you can, for free, you can pick any player in the competition and bring them to your club. Who do you want? They're all going to say Mark Blitzovs. All of them, except Chris Scott. <laughs> They're all going to say him, right? Because he can do whatever you need whatever you need, and do it so well. He has to be picked. And the bench is the only spot. Because you put him somewhere, then suddenly, oh, he's not a wingman, he's a defender and a ruckman. Oh, he's not a ruckman, he plays on the wing and in the back one. So you put him on the bench so that everyone's happy. And the bench, like if you had to say, what position does Mark Blitzels play? Oh, he's a utility. Yes, but I would say he is an interchange specialist. Because if I'm Chris Scott, I'm starting Mark Blitzarves on the bench every single fucking week. Because when he runs onto the ground, the other coach has got no idea where he's going. Is he going into the ruck? Is he going on the wing? Is he going to centre half back? I don't know. That's where I'm starting him. Interchange specialist. Now, the rest of my bench, the other three spots are two midfielders and a defender. Now, when I said I wanted to have a completely rounded team, this is a big part of that. So I've got players playing on the lines that they actually play on. And then on the bench, I've got a backup Ruckman utility player. I've got two midfielders and I've got a defender. Now, the midfield, anyone can fucking play forward. <laughs> One of the midfielders can go forward. Blitzars can go forward, whatever. So you don't need a forward on the bench but I've got a couple of mids and a defender. You have to have an, a seventh defender. Every team plays seven defenders every week. <laughs> so why wouldn't the All-Australian side have seven defenders, right? The, two, the other two midfielders I've got, and you're going to be screaming at me, where the fuck are these guys? Say their names. And once I've said their names, you're going to go, oh my God, he's omitted so-and-so. And yeah, you're going to be right. The two mids I've got on the bench are, Paddy Cripps and Lockie Neal. Now, I wasn't going to have Cripps in my team because I think as the year's gone, as the year has gone on, his impact has lessened. But then I saw what he did to Collingwood on Sunday. He's a fucking monster. He's an absolute Goliath, behemoth, freak of a man. Right, he's ranked fourth in the comp for contested possessions. Right, but the number of his possessions that are contested is higher than Neal's, than Miller's, than Liberatore's, than Brayshaw's, than Oliver's, than all of the other top mids in the comp. Right, fifty-four percent of his disposals are contested. I think the next best was Neil with like 53.3 or Miller, one of those guys, right? There are other players in the comp who have got higher contested possession percentages, but no others that are in the top echelon of midfielders in the comp. Cripps has got them all covered. He is a contested monster. 
And outside of Oliver, I thought my team needed a little bit more of that. Like, Andrew Brayshaw is not really a contested midfielder at all. Um, and Tukmila is, but not to the same degree as Oliver and, and Cripps. So I included Cripps. Um, he's that sort of midfielder that I love, like six foot three, fucking big frame. Um, can can like kick a, a center bounce goal. Like he just ex- he can explode out of the middle, like Dangerfield or you know whoever, like a Petrarca, um, and and really impact games really quickly. I just I love the way he's gone about it this year. He's in my team. He's also third in the comp for clearances as well. It's a stat that I thought was worth mentioning. Lockie Neal as well. He's, again, he's going to be another one of those guys who's right up there in the Brownlow. Um, third in the comp for disposals. Second in the comp for contested possessions. Um, he's, he's had an awesome year. His impact has sort of dwindled a little bit as the year's gone on. Um, but yeah, like I said, he's, he's going to be one of the five... At the you know, I think there's like four or five guys that I've said are going to be top three. Um, you know, I, th- I think Oliver's probably going to win it. Miller is going to be right up there. Neil is going to be right up there. Cripps is going to be right up there. Brayshaw is going to be right up there. Warner is going to be right up there. I think that's six names already. <laughs> um, but yeah, Neil's got to be in the team. He's got to be in the team. And then the final spot. I thought about this for hours yesterday and today the final position Braden Maynard you heard me correctly no Sard no Barras Braden Maynard elite in intercept possessions and elite in winning one-on-one contests on my bench I wanted a defender who was versatile but also just one of the best about it. I wanted one that was fierce, that was fearless, that was going to attack. Um, I, th- I think Maynard is one of the best rounded defenders in the competition. If, if I had put Sard in there, it's basically another Sinclair, right? If I put Barras in there, it's just another... Like, I've already got basically two and a half key defenders in there. Sicily's basically a key defender. I wasn't going to add another one. So I thought Maynard is the perfect selection. And Buckley loves Braden Maynard. Everyone loves Braden Maynard, but he loves him. Buckley being on the panel is a big part of the reason why I think we're going to see Dacos and Maynard named in the team. I'm confident, really, really confident. So I'll just quickly run through all of those names again, just for you, just for those of you keeping track at home. So the full forward line was Charlie Cameron, Tom Hawkins, Tyson Stengel. Half forwards were Shay Bolton, Charlie Kerno, and Jeremy Cameron. The centre line, the wings was Josh Dacos and Chad Warner, with Andrew Brayshaw in the centre. Uh, the other on ballers were Gorn as the Ruckman, Took Miller, and Clayton Oliver. Half back line is Sinclair, Taylor, and Brace, the other Angus Brayshaw, the other Brayshaw. Uh, full back line was Sicily, May, and Stewart. And then on the bench, Blitzarves, Cripps, 
Neal and Maynard. Now, let me defend the omissions. The forward line was a struggle, like I said. So I was thinking about Stengel. I was thinking, honestly, thinking about Charlie Cameron. I thought, right, does Isaac Heaney deserve to be in there? Does Tom Papley... Does, I, didn't, I actually initially, just like gut reaction, I had Papley in the team. But then I thought, how many games has he actually played? He's only played 16 games for the year. He's only kicked 16... Sorry, he's only kicked 26 goals. Now, the fact that he's only kicked 26 goals isn't his fault. He's only played 16 games. But that just, for me, wasn't enough. A lot of the games he played were prolific. Enormous score involvement numbers. Kicking plenty of goals. Lots of disposals. Very exciting. Love the way he goes about it. But his body of work for mine was not big enough. That's why he's not there. Um, Heaney, if, if I was not allowed to choose... Tyson Stengel, I'll probably have Heaney there instead. That's probably the change I make. Um, you think, gee, why doesn't Charlie Cameron get the chop? I, I just like him a lot. I like him too much to get rid of him, <laughs> Cameron. Um, Heaney, I just, again, I can't give you a good reason for why he's not there. I just think the others have had slightly better years. Um, another Other key omissions are Lynch and Walker. Once you, like, honestly... Hawkins, Kerno, and Cameron, as in Jeremy Cameron, all pick themselves, right? They are walk-ups. Once you got those three in, they're all big boys, you can't add another tall forward. You can't. AFL.com's All-Australian side that they put out today had those three and Tom Lynch. Too tall. Too tall. Can you imagine a team fielding four key forwards in the one team. Most teams field one, <laughs> maybe two. <laughs> okay, maybe one and a backup Ruckman. Okay, like you, you can't be rocking four. Never, never in a million years would you see that. So Lynch misses out purely by that fact. Um, he's also, like I said, he's kicked a few big bags, which has brought his total up to 60, 60 goals for the year. Um, which is really impressive, but he's kicked big bags against like West Coast and Essendon, and um, he might have kicked a couple of big bags against West Coast actually. Either way, um, it's sort of you know it messes with his median, you know, or his mean number of goals kicked. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, and Taylor Walker, same thing. I just can't have another tall forward in that team. There just isn't room but he's had a really, really fucking good year. Now, the midfield. Oh, boy. No Petrarca. I had Petrarca in my team until about an hour before I recorded this. I just... I had to have Crips in. I had to. And Petrarca... A lot of people have got Petrarca on their half-forward flank. Yep, he's second in the comp for score involvements. That's legit. But he's only kicked 19 goals for the year. 19 goals. I cannot, cannot, cannot believe that this selection panel would put a player in the forward line, in the forward line, who's only kicked 19 goals for the year. Now, kicking goals isn't everything. 
I've said score involvements about 80 times during this podcast, but 19 is not enough, right? And once you eliminate him from being someone you want to select in the forward line, you look to the midfield and it's already full. It's full. So that's it. He doesn't get in. He's not missing out because he's not good enough. He's missing out because there isn't room. There's only 22 spots available, so he misses out. Another player that I really, really wanted to have in the team, but again, there just wasn't room for the way I think they're going to go about it, and that's Rory Laird. Rory Laird had an amazing year, as good as his other All-Australian years, but I think he's like they might chuck him on a wing. Like, you know, if, if I've got Rui and Buckley and Corns critiquing my team, they're probably going, no, 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 get Chad Warner out of there. We're putting Rory Laird on the wing. They might do that. I think of the midfielders that I omitted, Laird is the most likely to actually appear in the team tomorrow night. So, yeah, it bums me that I couldn't fit him in. Jack McRae is another one, had another bloody awesome year, but again, you've got to put him on the ball or you've got to put him on the bench. Don't be surprised if they rock Blitzarves and three midfielders on the bench just so they can fit them all in. Um, that might be sort of the compromise that they make with Corns. <laughs> that, right, the players on the ground are all going to be in their proper positions, but we're fitting as many midfielders on the interchange as we possibly can. So that might happen. Um, Sam Walsh, again, had a really, really good year, but I don't think it was as good as last year where he did make the make the team. Um, I think he's dropped off a little bit. Cripps has had a better year than him. Um, and then Jared Witts, like I said before, I would love to have selected him as the Ruckman, the, the, the All-Australian ruck position has been on my mind a lot this year because I thought Nan Curvis... Oh, dear. I thought... Fuck me. I thought Nan Curvis for a lot of the year was having an awesome, you know, sort of having an awesome season. But the, the, this it's interesting. Like, a lot of the ruckmen, a lot of the number one ruckmen in the comp have had injuries at some point where they've missed footy. Nan Curvis hasn't really. Um... But he did not do enough. And I think because Richmond sort of had a wishy-washy year, his year's a little bit wishy-washy. Um, you know, Sean Darcy has missed a bit of football. Um, Riley O'Brien, I think, would have been considered because he's had a really good year. But again, Adelaide have not really performed, so he hasn't really had a chance to shine. Um, and then, you know, you look at Rowan Marshall, he's not really at that level. English has been injured too much. Um, so we're really left with Gorn. It was Gorn and Wits in the squad. And Wits, while the, although he's had a shitload more hit outs, he doesn't do enough around the rest of the ground. So he misses out. And the two defenders that I've mentioned a lot that were omitted, Assad and Barras. Um, Saad, I just have not been convinced by his performance across 22 games. Um, he's been really, really good. But if if we're picking Sinclair straight away, why are we going to have a carbon copy of him on the other side? Change it up a little bit. Yeah, you want some run and carry, but I'd rather have the run and carry that Brayshaw provides along with you know something a little bit different than having, you know, the exact same sort of run and carry that Saad brings, um, which is a little bit sort of chaotic. 
and don't always know where he's going to go. So that's my team. That is my team. That is, I think, the path they're going to go down. I think Kane Corns is very stubborn. And I actually think the selectors are probably going to agree with him a lot on a lot of things. Like, I think that they really want to put players in the position that they play in, but there's too much pressure to fit the 10 best midfielders in the comp into the team um, where there shouldn't be. You know, it, it is like, it really, oh dear, it really should be looked at as we want to field this team. Now that they've done a squad of 44, they really could pick the All-Australian team and have them verse the, the All-Australian B team. <laughs> you know, the players that are left over. They could do that if they wanted to. Um, and like that's how they, and I think that's what Buckley's going to be pushing for. I've heard him mention this. It should be as though you want to like play this team, like you want to use them. So that's why you want to have an extra defender on the bench. That's why you want to have a utility who can who can fill holes, you know. So you got Blitzars as a second ruckman. You've also got Hawkins as a ruckman who can be you know used in the forward fifty. You know you got guys like Angus Brayshaw who you know. 95% of the time can be great in the back line, but maybe you need a point of difference in the midfield, so you throw him into the middle, you know, just that sort of thing. So, I don't know. It's pretty exciting. If they do do this, I don't mean they're going to copy my team exactly, but if they select their team with the same sort of things in mind, it'll be so exciting. It'll be tomorrow night's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome night. Um, I can't wait for the brown low. Got to wait a few more weeks for that. That's also really exciting. Um, yeah, that'll do for this one, guys. Thanks heaps for listening. Let me know what you think of my team. How does your team differ? Should next year should I do my predicted team before they release the squad so I can make myself look really silly? <laughs> All right. Thanks heaps for listening, guys. I'll catch you next time. Bye.